1: Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the Social Psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have an opportunity to introduce our special featured guest this evening, Dr. Shelley Carr. Dr. Carr is one of the world's leading authorities on the practical uses of gems and stones for energy healing and mind and body medicine. She's a master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming and the author of a number of books, including Lifestream, Journey into Past and future lives, Edgar Casey's Sacred Stones, Edgar Casey's Guide to Gemstones, Minerals, Metals, and More, Lemurian Seeds, Hope for Humanity, Crystal Skull Consciousness, and many others. It is with great, great pleasure that I can feature someone who has such a, a knowledge of the topic of crystal healing, where you can work with crystal's to improve and enhance your life and health. Dr. Kerr, Dr. Carr travels around the world conducting thousands of journeys through hypnosis and training energy healing practitioners. Shelley, welcome to the show. It's, it's a great pleasure to have you on this evening.
2: Thank you, thank you for having me.
1: I wanted to share with our audience the fact that you have such a, a deep, I would say a lifelong mission in terms of your working knowledge of gemstones and their healing qualities and how you can use it to enhance your health and your vibrational energy. And I wanted to see if you could give our audience a little background of how you exactly started on this path working with gemstones and in terms of just your personal experiences with it.
2: Yeah, I it's really a lifelong thing because I grew up in New Mexico and my dad was um he was a manager of a turquoise mine in Arizona that happened to have been visited by Edgar Casey during his lifetime. And so I was I was around stones and minerals my whole life just absorbing the vibrations, not really consciously understanding all of the benefits that they bring to us. And then it wasn't until um, adulthood I met a shaman who showed me that you could place different stones on the body, and that they would vibrationally shift you, so that you could be therefore in vibrational rapport with different things that you want to attract into your life. Just that um, I just began doing experiments, and here we are.
1: And um, with reference to to gemstones themselves, one of the things I really enjoyed about your book, Edgar Casey's Sacred Stones, The A to Z Guide to Working with Gems to Enhance Your Life and Health. I really enjoyed the way you did the format of your book, where you talked about the particular gemstones and minerals with reference to the historical significance of their mention in the Bible. And then you also tied in Edgar Casey's readings and then gave your own analysis of each stone. And that to me was very Uh, It was very uplifting going through your going through the book and just I felt like I was just having it read. It was very user friendly, I guess I could say the best way to describe it. What motivated you to write your book in that format?
2: Well, when I I've written a a lot of different kinds of gems and mineral books, but Edgar Casey had so much information to give everyone about the gems and stones that really when I'm putting it together, I have to make that the the first thing that I'm thinking about is what is he saying, but because he was really I mean, I consider Edgar Casey to be a biblical scholar. And so the Bible just lends itself to a lot of the information in the life readings. And so I just wanted it to be something that people could easily look through and use as a reference guide, basically.
1: I've I've always been very fascinated with Edgar Casey myself. I think I was a when I was younger, they had a special about him on the History Channel. And uh, just learning about his background and uh, everything that he was able to pick up for his clients about Atlantis. Um, just, I mean, there's so many of those things that are recorded and documented. I don't know if you have that many. You know, I, I would consider him a prophet based on his knowledge base and what he was able to share with 20th century America and the world. Uh, his foundation, I believe, is one of the most active foundations in, what, over 130 countries, I believe? Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. The ARE? Um, what, what got you involved with, with Edgar Cayce's foundation? How did you first become involved in that yourself?
2: Oh, wow. Um, I, my, my first, well, of course, I love the Gems and Stones, but I also love hypnotherapy wow. and um, doing past life regression work. And so uh, years and years ago, I became really good friends with Raymond Moody, who wrote the book Life After Life, and we ended up touring together and became, became great friends. And I was at a certification course of his, where we were basically learning how to make visual contact with deceased relatives using one of his processes. And while I was at the course, becoming certified, I met somebody from the Edgar Casey Foundation, and what was really weird is that, for many years in my early books, I was putting Casey quotes here and there in my books because I would just wow. pull things and and quote it. And there was just something that always resonated with me about it. But I, theoretically, I hadn't read the readings. I wasn't that familiar with it. On you know, on a conscious level, on a soul level, of course, you know, I know that I was. So her and I became great friends. She took some of my books home, and then she gave me some books. And one of the books was called Edgar Casey's on Gems and Stones, and it just had 22 little entries in it because back in the day, you know, before the internet blew up and all the data was, you know, mined into these databases, somebody actually had to go through the 14,000 life readings that Edgar Casey did to put materials such as that little book together. And so I took the book on a spiritual i go on like a spiritual journey to the tucson area to look at gems and stones every year and i took the book with me because there were some really weird items in it that i had not really personally worked with and so i started just going on kind of a treasure hunt picking up some of these items and while i was driving back home i something just floated in and it said my gosh you know maybe this has this book was written in like 1964 Maybe I should contact them and say, should I update this book for you? So I called her, and I said, hey, I feel like I would like to ask you if you'd like me to update this for you. And just literally a day or two before I called, they were in the conference room holding up the book going, can somebody please get somebody to update this material? And so it was just kind of like in divine order. And then the more I start working with the material – the more I I get really inspired by it. I've been looking at the readings a lot the last few days. And I mean, there's just, you just go down the rabbit hole with some of this stuff because there's just, there's so much information here, Jason. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. (laughs) It is.
1: I I consider it extremely amazing. Um, That's a great, that's great. From my vantage point, um, I've been doing the professional mediumship thing uh, and intuitive guidance thing for about a year and a half now. And one of the things I noticed, I've been gravitating towards Edgar Cayce. I joined the ARE a few months ago. Um, I haven't really gotten a chance to go through the readings yet or anything like that, but I found it was interesting because I bought, as I was saying to you for a few minutes before our show started, I bought your book, Edgar Cayce, Sacred Stones about a year ago. And I had it on me in my backpack For the last year and i've been very interested in wanting to read it so a few months ago i started reading it and it was one of those things where i believe very strongly in in synchronicity and Mm -hmm. having the ability to bring you on the show and talk about this stuff while you know for me uh gemstones have been a very strong part of my life since i've started doing this as a spiritual path the last couple years one of my best friends owns her own crystal shop here in tampa And I went to Sedona, Arizona in 2016, and that's what really opened me up to vibrational energy and uh, just understanding.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at com.
1: Gemstone's better. And I went through this buying binge where I just had to buy as many different stones as I could get my hands on. And I'm still like that. In fact, anytime I give a reading to somebody, I'm always offering rose quartz to people and uh, amethyst and you know, I walk around Maldivite all the time, a higher vibrational stone. And so when I was reading through your book, I, I identified with the kind of stuff you were describing that you, it seemed like you bought your own stones and went through this process yourself. And Absolutely. Um, I, I consider it it's, like it, it, it's like the book read to me, not me reading the book. And um, having someone that shares that kind of stuff, the passion for this stuff, I believe I, while I'm talking to you right now, I actually have a piece of rose quartz, a palm stone. I, I like give readings, and I always have. And in fact, my law office, I have a lot of crystal around my my office. I have citrine. I've got my clear quartz, and you know my various stones that I like to to have around me. And and I just it's just amazing stuff. And one of the questions I want to ask you actually, because I know I'm talking a little too much, but uh, you can tell I'm a fan. Um, can you tell us a little bit with my audience about how you were able to incorporate gem heal, gemstone healing into your practice itself?
2: Yes. Okay. Let me see. Gosh, so much to tell. Okay.
1: <laughs> Basically,
2: you know, well, I mean, we can get all into the, it was so popular, sure. but the bottom line is that thoughts are things. And so thoughts and vibrational patterns are actually let's just say, I don't want to say stuck in a bad way, but they're in our energetic field or, that are that surround our body. That's really an infinite field that we can divide into a few different sections so that we can break it down into bite-sized pieces and work with it. So basically, when you're working with someone, like when I'm doing healing work, if I'm working with somebody and they're on the massage table, that's a very just a quiet work. It's a very physical work where we're just moving energy around. But if I'm working with people... Uh, in hypnotherapy and let's say I'm guiding you into your past lives and let's say you go to the the life where you lived in a medieval Castle or whatever. I'm just making that up or am I I don't know <laughs> um, Then there's an energetic component to that past life that is sitting somewhere in your field and so when you You know if you can address the person both energetically by sending energy to that aspect to move that stuck energy or or enliven that or raise the vibrational frequency of that while doing the talking and the moving back in time via hypnosis then the person has a really complete and profound shift that occurs and so you can really get to the bottom of things and have it's kind of like if you went out into the garden and you You had a weed in the in in your lawn and you kept pulling it up but then it just it's still in there so it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing but when you do this kind of work you're going back to the source events of maybe traumas or different things that we're trying to um, raise the frequencies on and transcend you're actually going back in there and getting all the way down to the root pulling it out by the root totally making a full transformation and a shift. And so people can really make lasting change when these two things are combined. And I just kind of learned that over the years of just working with so many different people.
1: That's great. Do you believe that your different stones that you have, they they actually speak to you in a certain way? In the sense of picking up their vibrations? Because that's how I feel when I deal with different stones myself. And I feel like it's just amazing having that. Um, frequency and being in tuned with that, that they all vibrate at different frequencies. And that's what gives us the ability to, when you place them at certain parts of the body, that's what gives us the ability to, I guess, you know, relieve blockages and to, you know, even with physical discomfort and pain, I feel like there's certain stones that could work really well with alleviating certain symptoms like your sinuses or headaches or whatever it is.
2: Yes, that's Um, right.
1: What is your... Favorite stone that recently you worked with?
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I just got a new – and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right. This is how new this is. It's a Chiamanti stone or a okay. I can't even – I'd have to look it up, really. Cinnamonte. If anyone wants to email me at Shelly at com, I can um, – I'll tell you what this is. But anyway, apparently it's a meteor that came from the planet Sirius and it's it's super high frequency and it's been sending me into orbit. I just totally love it. Sometimes it's so high frequency I have to just like put it on a table and let it just do its vibes in the room and then I can put it back on. So,
1: You know, uh, one of the things I find interesting with this stuff is I think people that don't understand this stuff might look at this as – not natural. Um, from my vantage point, gemstones are probably the most natural thing we have in terms of what exists in our in our earth plane. Um, is that what you find from the different stones that you looked at when you researched and wrote about the different stones that appear in the Bible?
2: The thing is, I mean, you bring up an interesting point because yes, over the years, You know, people think I'm a a real quack and that I don't have any idea what I'm talking about, but the thing is, gemstones have been used in all cultures since the beginning of time way, way longer than you and I and everybody else has even been here because we can get into the whole theory, which I believe in, that there were Atlanteans and Lemurians and maybe people from space who are here a lot longer than we even have in recorded history. And every civilization that we know about, and even those we don't, they all use gemstones. And so, you know, I wrote a a book back in 2005 called Edgar Casey's Guide to Gemstones, Minerals, Metals, and More, which was my first book for them, which was, it had a lot to do with the periodic table of the elements and the fact that, you know, let's just say the creator, however, you know, you call it God, you call it creator, source, whatever, put these things here on this planet for a reason for our use And so that one was kind of a more technical book. By the time I got to Edgar Casey's Sacred Stones, that book actually started out in my mind of something I wanted to write for many, many years just called Stones of the Bible because I I just get tired of people saying, this is evil, this is evil. I I was like, excuse me, have you picked up the Bible lately? It's all over the (laughs) Bible. Thank you. I mean, you know, so, and the fact that Casey, once I put those two things together, it was like I had the thought, but then they kind of came together and I was like, Casey talked a lot about that. And that's, you know, it's, it's important that people understand. I mean, we put labels on things that are really not valid. I mean, you you know, it's energy, basically. If you like a gemstone and someone else likes a flower or an essential oil, it, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's all energy and it's all valid i completely
1: i completely agree with you in fact i tell people when they ask me how i could be a medium and be intuitive i tell them i read energy and i just keep it simple and say that when you pass on your energy transcends to the next spot but love is a form of energy that keeps us connected and that's how i can read you know information intuitively about somebody or pick up on one's deceased relatives um, or friends and i believe crystals can amplify that i mean we know that there's you know, quartz in radio transistors and Mike, you know, uh, and on computer chips and stuff. So why can't they help us with frequencies on a form of psychic energy that perhaps we don't have instruments that can pick that up yet, but maybe in 20, 30 years with technological breakthroughs, that will be something that will be possible. Um, Exactly. You know, from my vantage point, and I like that you call them sacred stones and that you're able to marry the connection of how they're, Brought up in the Bible to Edgar Casey because I know Edgar Casey was a, a very religious individual. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a, a little about in his readings? I know um, I think lapis lazuli was one of his stones that he liked to talk about, and the Bible also brought up lapis lazuli. Can you uh, tell us a little about that from your own personal experience working on this book and just oh, in yes. your personal endeavors?
2: Yes, um, lapis. There's three different forms that he speaks of it in, um, which myself and other people who have been studying this for a long time have determined that there's lapis lazuli, malachite, and azurite, which are all kind of chemically similar stones. Um, But Edgar Casey mentioned this group of minerals more than any other mineral or stone that he mentioned in the life readings. And they are very, very powerful. And what's interesting, getting back to the whole synchronicity thing, is that, like, when i was a kid and my dad we lived in albuquerque but we moved over to the phoenix area my dad was managing this turquoise mine in bisbee arizona which is kind of south of tucson and this is where Edgar casey actually went during his life to that same mine because that's where a lot of these turquoise the turquoise and the lapis and the malachite and azurite is all from that mine and the only other place on earth where you see this kind of mix of mineral material would be over like in the holy land and things. And so there's something very special about the frequency of these materials. They're copper-based. And in the life reading, I was just looking at some life readings today. I mean, you know, of course, lapis can help with um, psychic development and things like that. But on a more physical nature, what was interesting is um, I looked in the readings. He was saying that lapis lazuli could help people who have migraines and I was teaching a gem class a long time ago, speaking of people who thought I was absolutely out of my mind. And during the class, you know, I pass the minerals out. and We have a good time. We pass them around the room. And so this one man was sitting in my class. You know, I don't beg people to come, but he was sitting there with his Mm -hmm. arms crossed going you know, just kind of having a look on his face. And finally he spoke up and he goes, you know, I just think this is ridiculous. These are just rocks and, you know, this is stupid. And I'm like, well, you know, God bless you. So I passed him a piece of lapis lazuli and he just went and he just like leaned back in his chair and he looked at this thing like he just met the love of his life, you know, and he bought this little stone and he put it in his this is this sounds really crazy, but this is in Texas, and, you know, some of these guys still wear bandanas here because they think they're in the Wild West. So he had a bandana, sure. and he would put, put the lapis inside his bandana and wear it around, and, and he said, my gosh, you know, I was having a lot of stomach problems. But I don't have those anymore, and I was having headaches. I don't have those anymore ever since I started using this stone. And when I looked into the readings, Casey actually connected that there really is a link between headaches and migraines and, like, acid reflux. that comes up the windpipe from the stomach, and that lapis was the remedy for that.
1: That's amazing. I
2: I know. (laughs) Crazy. Crazy. So, um, and then, oh, the other thing. Casey talked about was that lapis can actually sing because you know all stones have frequency. Well, sometimes if we had better hearing, we might be able to hear the frequency. But with lapis, really, he talked about the fact that lapis actually sings. And so, yes, I did have a piece that you could really hear it when you put it up to your ear. It would be like you know, real, real high frequency. All stones have it, but like I said, lapis is one that we could actually hear. So and it just i don't know when it, when kind of synchronicity happens it just reminds me that that there's something larger at work and and that this really does work and I'm a believer so
1: and i think i think it's amazing to be able to incorporate the concepts of i call it crystal healing gemstone mm-hmm. you know gemstone healing crystal healing i think being able to for me like the lapis lazuli i have a huge piece of that in my bedroom and it some reason i feel like it's not like Lapidolite or Labidolite is the one that helps you sleep. Yes. Uh, lap- lapid- lapidolite. Oh, I'm lapidolite, to, to pron-
2: yes. I'm to
1: pronounce it properly, but I do have a piece of that, but I I generally find that the Lapis Lazuli actually helps calm me and disconnect me from my, you know, my handheld devices or my, my iPhone before I can fall asleep. I For some reason that piece really does well at filtering. That's just my own personal.
2: Oh. Can I say that? some things about that, please? Sure. I mean, I'm too. telling you. Two things. You mentioned earlier about crystals. Um, I've got a book called Crystal Healing where I get into more just about crystals and another one about multidimensional minerals where, you know, guides and, let's say, spirits and things really do come in through crystals. And I've got photography in there of spirit photos and stuff that I've taken. Wow where they really do come through crystals. So I do think you're onto something there. I know that crystals are transmitters of frequency. And so certainly we should be able to be more conscious in communicating with those on the other side and in other realms. But anyway, but now to your new topic, which is about cell phones and stuff. I'm really, really concerned (laughs) about the society as a whole and, the fact that, to me, we're just too plugged in to these devices. And so there's no – that your gemstones and things like that could be of tremendous benefit to regrounding us. I think as a society, we're just off the rails right now. And when you were talking earlier about um, – I wanted to mention this too, about you just have this compulsion I, – I don't mean it in a bad way. It's good no, not at it, all. That, that I want it's to give of, rose quartz you know. to everyone I see. And I yeah. feel like – I've been really kind of watching people lately. Um, I wrote this little book recently that we need to wake up and start smiling. I feel like we're all just in kind of a collective melancholy. We look at the world and you just look at some of the things that are going on in the world and you think, my God, am I watching a reality show here or is this real or what? (laughs) And I think we're too connected to our devices. We're not connecting to each other. And I feel like there's a collective kind of melancholy. I wish people would just wake up I started realizing, you know, that I wasn't smiling as much as I used to. Until I was at a Zumba class, and the teacher kept having to remind everybody to smile. And I was like, "My gosh, I have I'm not smiling. I need to get back to my same chipper self." And then once I started becoming more consciously aware of that, just everything around me started to shift. And I think that that's that's one aspect of consciousness that you know, gemstones, particularly the rose quartz, it's very loving and healing, and it's just such a heart centered thing. And so there's a reason why you're giving that out and I say, bravo, keep doing it because I feel like Thank you. we need people to kind of start getting out of the hypnotic trance of the device and coming back into real waking consciousness so that we can be here. Absolutely. I'm on a roll, Jason. I'm sorry, but, you know. No,
1: you know what? I feel, like, I feel like I'm geeking out a little too, but it's not every day I have the opportunity of sharing this type of a topic with uh, someone who has, I mean, you have much more, you've written so many books about this. I've just been studying it. But. For example, I had someone who's going through a really bad divorce right now, and I buy crystals sometimes, and I know that intuitively they connect to me, and I literally will have crystals at my office, and someone will stop by, and if I find out they're going through a rough time or whatever it is, I'm like, intuitively, I'll go back to my office and give them a piece of rose quartz, a palm stone or a pendant. I actually order pendants because I feel like having it over your heart is a very good Mm -hmm. thing. And that rose quartz helps so much with, I call it the mother stone. I think it's called the mother stone. It's very maternal. So it's good for people who are grieving or dealing with breakups and dealing with all these complex, you know, scenarios. I, I think it helps to simplify things. It's almost like giving you regular, you know, just a regular soothing feeling in your vibrational field. So that's what I, I feel very strongly about. I gravitate to rose quartz myself. And, um, fantastic.
2: Right. Wonderful. Yeah, and, and, and,
1: it's like giving love in your hand to someone else, you know, the, you can, you can give that connection. And, and, and for someone who's really stressed out and at a low point in their life, they could look at that and, and associate with the message you're trying to give them. And, 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 and I think it can actually like applying the secret, it could, it could change the way that they manifest their own identity with their life and how they're looking through things through their, I call, I, I'm a big believer in paradigm shifts. And I feel like that certain stones can cause through the vibrational healing and the frequency of things can actually help with a a, a paradigm shift and giving someone the ability and the opportunity to look at things and say, you know what, my life isn't that bad. I do have so many things to be grateful for. And um, people have thanked me after the fact with those kind of things. And I I just enjoy it a lot. It's just very important um, in reference to where we are at this time and age of our, of our, of our world, you know, we might be more connected digitally but like you said, I think we're more disconnected than ever before in human history, and mm-hmm. so I th- I think crystals help to ground us, like some obsidian or something, can just give us that opportunity mm-hmm. to feel more grounded to our root chakra with the earth. Um, get actually I, going into. But oh, I'm sorry.
2: I, I wanted to just say I'm so fascinated by the idea that you're a lawyer, and I love the idea that you have set this sacred space because when people come into your office. They don't know what it is about the vibes, but you're put, the crystals are helping you and your your spirit and your intention is just totally setting the vibes so when they come in there, they just feel like, oh, wow, they just took the weight of the world, just got put off their shoulders, and they could come in and they have somebody they can count on. I mean, that's just really awesome. Absolutely. I'm,
1: thank you. Thank you so much. I'm actually one of these. You know, I'm a lawyer during business hours, and then at, in the evenings, I have people show up and I give them readings. And uh, it's a, it's like ha- having two different hats, but I switch between both roles pretty easily. I've gotten adjusted to that. Um, and my, assistants make, my legal assistants make a joke because when they first started working with me, they didn't understand the whole uh, gemstones and how they could really help. And I, I gave one of my assistants, her daughter was studying for a teacher's exam, and she kept having a hard time concentrating. So I went and got her a piece of fluorite. And she actually put the fluorite under her shirt and snuck it into the exam. And she attributes that to passing her test a few weeks ago. And because, uh, you know, fluorite good for clarity and concentration and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you imagine if we were able to prescribe fluorite to children who deal with attention deficit instead of giving them, you know, Ritalin or whatever it is that people, uh. you know. Oh my
2: gosh, Jason, we could talk for hours. Please don't get me started on that one.
0: I'm just you want saying, to hear me that's get just up on the
2: box? Yes, I hear you. I hear you. I agree with everything you're saying. Yes, but now let me say one more thing about that. I mean, okay, you're doing your readings tonight, awesome. But to me, your real work is even in the law firm because sometimes, like preaching to the choir, like so that's how, that's the way I feel. Like I have other ventures that I'm in because out in the real world where regular people are. I mean, not that we're not regular people, (laughs) sure sure. but you know what I mean? People who are not necessarily wanting to listen to the psychic, the social psychic radio show. um, Exactly. You're really doing your work out in that arena as well. And that is just as important, especially like you said, they're going through hard times and you're there for them. That's, I just love it.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I, um, I just, It's, 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 it's been transformative. You know, one of the things I'm focusing on outside of the, of what we're talking about tonight is coming out psychic. I'm going to try to do my own book on that topic of how it took me several number of years to accept my gifts or, you know, I call them gifts, I guess you'd say, and be more in tune with myself and be able to express that to people in my life and then Mm -hmm. expressing it publicly, you know, having this podcast, for example, um, with your endeavors, having the fact that you are able to, Speak internationally about these topics, and working with the Edgar Casey Foundation, and and just having everything that you're doing in your life work. I think you recently started your own travel agency. Is that correct? You still do that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, can you tell our audience a little about that? Because I, I, you know, I want to want to share that with our audience and tell us about what motivated you to start that endeavor and how that's going for you.
2: I I really feel um, I'm very passionate about traveling. And I think it's because I feel like I want to go back to the places that I've lived before. And so I have a, I wouldn't even call it a bucket list. It's just, there's a priority list in my head. You know, okay, I'm going to go to Egypt. I'm going to run over to Turkey now. I'm going to Russia. I mean, and I just, I just click these places off and I'll just show up, you know, kind of on a whim. And so I started wanting to take groups for these same reasons because i feel like we well i mean that that gets back to what Egar Casey. a lot of the stuff we you and i could sit here and talk about Edgar casey talked about it back in the 1920s which you know a lot of people came for life readings and he was talking about different stones or or different frequencies they could have that would assist them in balancing out their past lives but one of the things you can do is of course show up to the place where you used to live and so i wrote a series of books that I thought was super interesting. I would go out to places. Um, the, the main one was when I was in Russia. There was a carriage that was in the Armory Museum at the Kremlin that when I got close to it, I knew that I had been around it before and I, I almost passed out. It was really weird. Oh. And so I started interviewing people and wrote a few books about this phenomenon which I, I called Supretravi, which is a supernatural Um, past life memory it's not deja vu it's not this feeling that you and i have had this conversation before it's where i walk into a place and suddenly the modern surroundings actually will fade away and you go into this remembrance a spontaneous past life recollection that is not attributed to hypnosis it's just happening because you're out in a place and it doesn't have to be some exotic European vacation. You could be out in the town next door and you could step Mm -hmm. into a building and go, OMG, I think I've been here before. And this happens to people all the time. And what I found is that people have, and even myself, I mean, because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that's silly or well, okay, well, I know that that kind of floated in, but that must be just my imagination. So people tend to push these memories down. But some of them would say, you know, I, d- I know that that happened to me. Let me get back to you in about a week while I have to try to dig through my memories, to even remember when that was. Um, and I feel like that traveling is one of the ways we can heal ourselves. If we can't go to the place, though, that's where gems and stones comes in. If I want to heal a part of myself that um, had a situation in Africa, sometimes that African gemstone that I'm attracted to, when I put it on my body and my I shift my frequencies to get into alignment with that, it actually will heal that part of me from that past life, getting back into what we were talking about earlier about these, these thought forms that are in our field. And so we can't always go everywhere. I mean, you know, I certainly have been buzzing around, but I mean, even I don't, you can't do it all the time. So that's why the gems and stones do come into play. But it's just something that I, I'm very interested in it. I think it's interesting.
1: It's probably amazing. too
2: much... For some people, I don't think that they don't they can't hold that in their consciousness, I think, because I haven't had a lot of people reading this series. And and I've been wondering, I've talked to some friends of mine and some people are saying, I think this is an idea that might be a little bit too ahead of its time because it might be too much to think that you could consciously walk into places and really consciously be in the place where you were before. It, It is kind of a mind boggling experience, to say the least.
1: I would say it's not mind boggling if you can connect your energy to that place. And it could be like a residual form of your prior life with yourself. Sometimes I can do past life readings when I read somebody and -hmm. I feel like I dial backwards for them, but I pick Mm -hmm. up their qualities because I think we are all on learning, learning curves in each existence we have. And um, one time I told somebody that they were, they had a prior life in, in England and they were, they, you know, they, they lived outside a small village up where uh, Stratford-upon-Avon, and then it was funny because we went online and found a village exactly similar to what I described, and it, it's, it's to me, it's, I, I love those moments when you can pick up something intuitively and then find something that then reinforces that through some level of a factual aspect of it, and so for me, I can understand what you're describing because I can think that that would be something that would be very possible, um, you know, there's people who feel like, well... Is it possible for someone to talk to someone from the other side? Is it possible for someone to connect past life regression with gemstones? Of course it's possible because we're doing it already. So I -hmm. I, I personally believe that it's very, very possible to have the ability. Like when I went to Sedona, I felt like I'd been there before. When I went Mm -hmm. to Australia, I felt like I'd been there before. You know, uh, I'm also a fan of traveling. And I think that meditation, sometimes uh, the astral projection aspect of things, I haven't done that too much. But I feel like there's, we have that innate ability within ourselves that our mind has so much unlocked potential and that meditation and the use of certain stones and combination thereof can help us to unlock a greater part of that potential within ourselves and potentially give us the opportunity to go to some far off place that we may never travel to in in this realm, but on some other level, on a spiritual level, we could probably connect very easily to.
2: Really, spiritually, we could connect easier for sure through meditation and things. And the other thing is I think that when we get into the idea of past lives or if you tune into the Stratford-upon-Avon life for somebody, I mean, people have always asked me, like, do I really believe that we've lived before? I really do, but the thing is it doesn't matter. It's just about how it is able to transform the way the person is living in the now and if it brings some peace and some tranquility or some illumination or some ideas of things we could do in this life because we did them before or something, then that's really all That that's the whole purpose of it is to bring greater happiness and expansion in the current reality.
1: Absolutely. Going back to Edgar Casey, I mean, one of the things he talks about is Atlantis and how it fell as a civilization. Um, I believe we're going to find some evidence of that in our lifetime. I wouldn't mm-hmm. doubt it that we're going to be able to locate where Atlantis was located um, in terms of as a civilization. Do you have any viewpoints on Casey with his prophecies regarding Atlantis and it's, and it's the way it actually is demise?
2: I have a deep, let's say it's just a memory that I have That I I know that I was in Atlantis. I just see myself there. And I I don't know, it's just a recurring, you know, you could call it a dream, you could call it a vision. And when I, you know, take a look at the Casey material regarding Atlantis, I mean, you know, all we can do is feel within our own soul. That just feels like truth to me. And I was real fascinated by the idea of the Bimini Road a few years ago. And, you know, you know, people go on there and they poo-poo it and say, well, those were just rocks and blah, 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 blah. I, you know, I, I'm a believer, so I believe that Atlantis was definitely at least part of it. I, I feel like it was a lot more expansive than just in the Caribbean. Um, sure. I was very, very fascinated. I was one of the first people to write about the stone Larimar, and I brought a big batch of it back to Dallas many, many years ago. And Laramar's is a very rare gemstone that comes from the Dominican Republic that some people believe has ties to Atlantis. And when I first started working with it, it kind of caused me to have visions of dolphins and places that I've never seen before. And people would come up. I would have a booth like at an expo, and people would walk up. They'd pick up the stone, and they would just burst into tears and kind of have like a like a healing cry like you would have if you – saw your best friend and who you hadn't seen in 20 years and y'all got back together and you just went, Oh thank God, you're here, you know? And so it, it's just been, uh, it was a very transformational healing stone that kind of brought me, I feel like, like particularly at an expo, like people, certain people are attracted to certain frequencies, certain energies. And so if they come up and they're attracted to that stone, then there's some kind of kindred there, in my opinion, that they might have ties to Atlantis, and so I, I've just always been a believer. Um I think they're they're talking about they might even discover Isis's tomb. And then of course they've got the whole thing about this what's buried under the Sphinx. I've had dreams about that as well. Wow. Um but of course I believe in parallel worlds. I mean I do too. Are, are there multiverses where in one we're gonna find it and in the other one we're not because of consciousness? I, I don't really know. You know, I don't know how all this works, but I'm a believer in all of that. <laughs>
1: I I say that there's, it's more possible than not possible. And when you think about our own planet, most of the surface surround is, is oceans. And that's one of the last unexplored territories that we haven't made it to yet. It's very possible that there's an entire part of our planet that hosts all these things that are just that, you know, we consider the, the outside, the the paradox, uh, you know, outside of our, 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 the paranormal, I should call it. But in reality, it, it's just cuz we don't understand it yet it's just like i would tell people with through mediumship all the readings i've done when people tell me they crossed over to the other side they make it sound like that you it's like falling asleep on the couch watching tv it's very seamless it's it's similar to it's a form of nature that when you pass when you cross over your spirit goes to the next next realm and it's it's like falling asleep on the couch watching tv it's very seamless you're disoriented till you actually meet your greeter who's a family member who you know died before you and I try to explain to people that if you look at death that way, it's not the way that society views death right now where you know, it's such a heavy um, – a lot of people look at it as negative, as a loss. But the reality is at some point in the future, we're going to figure out and decipher the mystery of crossing over. And I'm, I feel very strongly we're also going to figure out all these other mysteries – I mean not all of them – but at some point, we're going to be able to decipher a lot of these things as our society becomes more you know advanced. Hopefully, before the society implodes on itself. But um, that's just my viewpoint. I think that there's, it's a, it's a big world out there that we haven't even scratched the surface yet. So it's, it's very possible to have multiverses and parallel dimensions. And, and I think, you know, all of it goes back to the power of vibrational energy of certain gemstones and how they can, you know, benefit our life with health and happiness and greater peace. I think that those things all tie together.
2: Yeah, I mean the ocean is definitely uh a great point. And the other thing, you know, lately of course we're watching the Hawaiian islands do their thing uh and a lot of the other volcanoes that are going off right now and it just I don't I feel for the people. I know they're upset. But I mean you're living on a volcano everybody. This is a planet, okay? Exactly. We are guests here. Okay, I mean, you know, these minerals have been around for bazillions of years, and we're just a little piece of space dust on that. Exactly. And so, you know, and I, yeah, you're right, there's, who knows what's under the seafloor, because there's only so far down that we can dive safely as human beings.
1: Exactly, because there's limitations where we, where we can go.
2: That's our At right. this current stage. And all oh, will well. be revealed...
1: Absolutely. You know, um, one of the things I like that you do too, and I know you do energy healing. Um, I've gotten certified with Reiki level one and I do pranic healing, so that's something that I can connect with and implementing the stones into my own. I do it as a hobby. I don't actually do it professionally, people, but what I wanted to ask you about is I know you talk about in your you talk about stones of the rays, um, and how gemstones vibrate at certain frequencies and they match the color of the rainbow spectrum. And I was going to see if you could talk to our audience a little bit about, about that and based on your personal experiences.
2: Yes. Actually, I'm, I've been looking into this the last few days. I'm, I'm working on something right now. But it's very interesting. Um, in energy healing, we've got the chakra centers, which were first mentioned in the Vedas in the ancient Hindu scriptures which are the colored wheels of light that are within the physical body. And so these are vibrating co- colors, actual colors are vibrating at certain frequencies that are actually in resonance with notes on a musical scale, um, like red is a C, orange is a D, etc. as we move from the root chakra all the way up to the crown chakra at the top of the head. And so there are certain stones that, for example, have the same hertz frequency as like a red ruby, a natural red ruby, many of which are found in India, um, are vibrating at the same frequency as the color red, which actually is also in harmony with the the C note on your piano, the center note on your piano. And so we can actually use certain gemstones to like when you get a a Reiki activation, they call it an attunement. You're getting an attunement to be a Reiki practitioner. So that is actually a tuning up of the actual energetic frequencies in the body, which of which stones and music and colors are all kind of married together. And it's very very fascinating. It's it's just further evidence of the way. The natural world is really entwined and in rapport with each other. So we can use um, like ruby for our root chakra. Carnelian, you mentioned allergies earlier. It's the carrier of the orange ray. It's a carnelian agate, which is an orange agate. Um, I've had several, one of my best friends who thought I was nuts in the beginning, was the first person who pointed out that this helped her allergies. And since then, hundreds and hundreds of people have reported that carnelian is good for allergies, and it was worn by Napoleon Bonaparte on his signet ring to protect him in battle. And it is the orange ray in the rainbow spectrum. And then there's citrine, which is the yellow ray, which um, opens up the solar plexus stomach area, attracts wealth to the person. Emerald is the green ray, which opens up the heart, but of course rose quartz is the other fabulous heartstone, as you know. Um, the throat chakra is vibrating to the blue ray, which is a sapphire. The third eye, the violet ray, which is the amethyst, and then the crown could be with a diamond or a crystal.
1: Wow. Uh, and when you talked about the um I I I when you talk about that I actually think of clear quartz. That's good for Mm -hmm. that as well, uh, for the crown chakra. I've always gravitated to clear quartz. I actually have, like, some really nice big pieces that my friend gave me as a gift, and I love having it. And looking through it, I feel like you can gaze into it and just feel like it's, like, gazing into a window of a a higher realm. It's pretty amazing. Um, Awesome. Have you found that certain crystals are good to, like, treat someone who deals with, like, depression or um, any type of issues like that?
2: um amethyst would be good okay well okay a lot of things are popping in okay well okay if if they're depressed a couple of things the amethyst is a good one to use for people i mean rose quartz would be good too it's loving and healing amethyst is a little Correct. bit higher frequency and it tends to move um, stuck energy. But a lot of times if people are depressed, their crown needs to be open. So they could use a crystal. Um, Lepidolite would be another one that would help. Lepidolite, which you mentioned earlier, is actually lithium in it. Wow! It is the mineral form of lithium, which is huh. used in antidepressant drugs. But like you said earlier, wouldn't it be nice if they would just use the lipidolite stone and carry it in their pocket rather than needing to ingest this. And so if they have depression, there's a, there's a disconnect between their energy field and their source. So Lepidolite is a really, really good one to use. And of course you know, crystals, you say, yes.
1: I was gonna say, as you talk about that, I thought about, wow, wouldn't that be the secret cure to the opioid crisis? Find the right stones that you can help people with and, um, and utilize you know the vibrational frequency healing idea instead of having people be dependent on opioids and the destructive nature of what people deal with on those but
2: mhm surely meditation could help you know
1: absolutely i wanted to ask you um what is your i i've, I've learned about this in the past but uh what's the concept of, what's your concept of if i was to say energetic bath what does that mean to you
2: Um, in my gem books, what it would mean is I would take a piece of amethyst and I would wash the fields around the body with the amethyst stone. You could take any stone really and just run it through the energy fields to enliven the fields, move stuck energy and get rid of unwanted influences. And usually I use a palm size amethyst chunk, but you definitely a crystal would be great. Or really any, it could be even a little tiny stone, just whatever you're attracted to. But you move it in there, and then you basically are consciously putting the frequency of that stone into the field to make the shift that you want.
1: Interesting. Do you, um, in in your past life regression practice, do you utilize certain stones for people's Uh, for your, your, for your clients, when they have certain things that they're dealing with that they're stuck on from the past, are there certain, like if someone's dealing with a a trauma from a, a certain experience where they're afraid to, I don't know, travel, or they're afraid to be around groups of people, is there a way that you utilize certain stones in, in your practice to help them get through and work through those particular, you know, traumas, or I guess, just being held back? Is there stuff that you do for them with that?
2: Yes. Um, the mo- I guess amethyst really is the go-to. That's the most common stone I would use. Like if somebody's in with me, I'll have them hold the amethyst. Amethyst can be used um, for addictions more specifically, but it also helps people let go of any kind of unwanted influence. Like, for example, if I love chocolate and I don't want to eat so much, which, please, I don't want to stop, but um, let's just say I did, (laughs) then maybe I could use an amethyst. Um, If they're having, like, like trauma, trauma, like what you're talking about, um, garnets would be good. Hematite is fantastic. It absorbs negativity, and the stone will actually crack after a period of time of absorbing vibes, and then you can just throw it out in the garden and it helps your plants grow. That's wow. a good one to use. That's a good one to have in the office or if people are stressed out at work, put some hematite in there. Mm-hmm.
1: I've actually experienced, um, certain stones will, I feel like they change a hue of color when I meditate with them over time, that they actually change their physical qualities. Um, I think you talk about that in your, in your Edgar Casey Sacred stone book. Can you share that a little bit with our audience? Um, that concept of, of a stone actually, I don't know if it's tapping it out, um, but utilizing a stone where it actually, after you, after you're relying on it for a certain period of time, when it's healing nature or the frequencies, how it can change in its quality, become darker or change in color or potentially, like you said, crack.
2: Yes, this actually does happen. And it's sometimes it's so freaky that it's one of the other reasons why I know this is real. Um, sure. I, The one that was really um, amazing was I had this gentleman who was coming to me for quite a long time. He had a severe chronic condition. No one really could identify what was going on with him. So he had energy healing. We had past life regressions. We did all kinds of things. And I was teaching uh, a class, and he purchased some bloodstones and took them home. And he left his cell phone in the class, so I went to meet him the next day, and he took the stone out of his pocket that he had purchased the night before. Bloodstones are like a dark green; they're colored by the mineral chlorite, and then they've got these little red flecks in them. So, it, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But it looked like this sounds crazy, but it looked like the dark green stone was there, but it had this concaveness to it with this clear coating. So it looked like somebody just went in and, went, you know, and took a bite out of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have never seen anything like this. So he was literally, his body was sucking up the properties of the stone. So I started mentioning this on various shows and to clients and things. And then I started hearing about it over and over and over again. Normally what would happen is the red flecks, which are colored by hematite, those would get absorbed into the physical body. And bloodstone um, has some lore with it because they, they say that it was the stone that was under Christ when he was on the cross. So the blood actually wow. represents the blood of Christ. And so it's like Christ is assisting us in our healing. But if the person's severely ill, like this guy was, um, it, they can really suck the life out of the whole stone. Then there's another wow. stone. Yeah. It's amazing. So, I mean, and I'm not <laughs> saying the, that to me is the top. I, I have, um, Named it the top healing stone of all time. I think if if there's something going on with you, the physical healing stone that I would recommend above all others. Um, the second one would be serpentine, uh, which is it's a magnesium-based stone. I was teaching a class in Sedona, in your favorite place, passing stuff <laughs> around. This woman, and she's holding. I say, hey, if you fall in love with one of the stones and just keep it until the end of the class, and if you want to take it home, that's fine. So this lady has this piece of serpentine. She walks up and it was black and it was green when she received it and serpentine basically does the opposite instead of you sucking up whatever it is it takes on your stuff and it'll turn it dark sometimes when that happens we could go put it outside on the ground and it could ground out which is what happens to hematite like hematite is a is the ore of iron so it'll start getting real dull. Sometimes you could take it and put it out on the ground, but at some point it'll just, it'll lose its luster. And then sometimes I've seen it just crack in two when people are going through a lot of stress. And then another time, I mean, there's so many, but I was, there's a stone called sodalite and it's really good for thyroids and balancing like hypoglycemia. It's a dark blue with bands of calcium in it. So this one little stone, it was kind of, Like one, I had been using it for many years. It was one of my stones. And so this lady's like, oh, I just love it. I was like, well, okay, you know, you can have it. And I was starting to give it to her and it disintegrated in my hand into a million pieces. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. Like it just went poof. Like it looked like a little bomb went off. And I was like, and we didn't do it. I mean, it was weird. Uh, I can
1: understand that. Definitely. Definitely. There's there's little
2: nature spirits here, you know, and they're working behind the scenes.
1: Well I just think uh, the way my theory is with this stuff is if it's existed for thousands of years <laughs> or longer, at least man you know humans relying on crystals and gemstones, there's a there's a reason to it. And having it in many different cultures and all over the globe having similar understandings of certain frequency vibrations of the stones and what they could be used for, there it it there's something there. It has to be because there's no way you have such a uniformity of you know, rose quartz or whatever stone it is that you want to talk about, having this understanding of these qualities of these different stones, the vibrational energy and how they heal. And I've, I've seen firsthand what they can do to enhance our, our ability to be in better, you know, connection to ourselves and to others. I just think there's so much there um, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, we are actually running at the end of our episode already, if you could believe that. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. It went that fast. My episodes sometimes go fast. This is the fastest episode I feel like I've ever had, um, in in terms of having you involved in our discussion. And I know that my audience is going to really enjoy this. Um, for sure. I, uh, I wanted to ask you one last question. If you were to meet someone on the street and they, you know, they asked you, what's your favorite stone that identifies with where you are right now in your life and why? in one sentence, I, I won't even limit you to a sentence, but what would that stone be and why?
2: Wow. <laughs> I guess the garnet comes to mind. That's always been one of my favorites. It's, um, it's a very grounding stone. It's a stone of commitment. I don't know, like I'm committed to, I'm, I am committed to getting this information out to people and just I'm kind of, I'm in a much more grounded place than I was when I first began this work because I've been doing it so long now. It's just, I've seen a lot of changes and things and I feel like I've become more grounded and in my, just, I know that I know what I know now and that's kind of a good place to be. Absolutely. So I guess I'd pick the garnet.
1: For me, in terms of how I feel today, I would say selenite.
2: (laughs) All right. Um. Yes.
1: (laughs) Because I rely too heavily on moon cor- uh, I'm sorry, on uh, rose quartz all the time, and uh, selenite's one of those stones that you don't even have to, you know, clear itself. It, it clears other stones, and it seems like
2: it's one of my favorites.
1: Mine too. Like uh, desert rose is really beautiful form of selenite that I I just think is incredible. But
2: yes, 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 those are fabulous. Absolutely wonderful.
1: Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing this opportunity with us. And I deeply appreciate it. And I just wanted to tell you that I'm going to, um, Oh, well, actually, let me tell you this before we get off the the show with each other. Can you please tell our audience how they would be able to contact you after hearing this episode?
2: Sure. Um, My website is pastlifelady.com. And I've got a Facebook page at pastlifelady.com. My email address is Shelley, which is S-H-E-L-L-E-Y at com. That's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-K-A-E-H-R.com. And then um, I've, got a, I've got a voicemail that will send me a text message at 214-699-8611. So if people want to text.
1: Shelly, what I have to tell you is in terms of your success, your approachability, And you're you're just great energy. And I I am so excited that you were able to come on our show today so that we could feature your work, your life path, and be able to share with our guests and hopefully motivate them to start checking out Gemstones and look at the the work that you're doing and the Edgar Casey Foundation and just all this stuff in general. I deeply appreciate you coming on and thank you so much. And I'm going to share your Facebook page with my audience as well. So I, 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 I just can't thank you enough.
2: Jason, I am so inspired by hearing your story, what you're doing in the (laughs) law office. I'm telling you, I mean, your psychic work, too. I'm I'm just loving it. And I really enjoyed (laughs) talking to you. I am totally in alignment with everything you're talking about. Believe me. And I, it's been such a joy. And I thank you so much for having me on the show.
1: Thank you. I'm a fan, just so you know.
2: (laughs) I'm a fan of you, man. I'm telling you right now. I'm a fan.
1: Good job. Thank you. Okay. Have a great night. Thank you.
2: Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: One of the things I'm going to say, having your own podcast has its benefits. For me, it's being able to interview people and feature people that really share um, things that you enjoy and you have interest in that you're passionate about. And I, I just like the fact that we have this ability to do these kind of things. And tonight was a really fun episode for me. I really want to thank Shelly for coming on and and spending. I know she's a busy person, and uh, just being able to you know dedicate an hour of her time for our show. Our podcast has only been around since March 25th. I really appreciate you, the listener, for tuning in and and listening to the show. It's it's very meaningful to me, and um, I'm just I, tonight was fun. So that's all I've got to say. Thank you so much for supporting us. Um, in terms of This episode, I encourage you to check out Shelly Kerr's books. Um, Check out her website, pastlifelady.com, her Facebook page. Um, This is somebody that I highly recommend that you read the material. I'm not one of those people that recommends something lightly, but in this particular case, I highly recommend that you definitely check out her work. I deeply enjoyed her book, Edgar Cayce's Sacred Stones, The A to Z Guide to Working with Gems to Enhance Your Life and health. At this point, we're going to do our outro. And uh, if anyone has any feedback for our show, you can contact me directly at info at D letter, the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. Thank you.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time.
0: At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in-store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability.
1: Get more ways to save at the buy five or more. Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save $1 each
0: with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.
1: No more movie quotes.
0: Roger, Roger.
2: Electricast. Electricast.